The New York Rangers beat the Ducks and the Bruins on back-to-back nights, and Vincent Trocek is your hero in Boston. We talk about that, plus the controversial hit from David Pasternak on Ryan Lindgren. We get to all that on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 963 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. So I want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. So a lot has happened since we last talked. Obviously, you know, I, I mentioned the fact that my family and I took a, a quick trip into our water park, a lot of fun. Um, but then we also got to watch a little bit of the Rangers game uh, because, you know, by then, you know, we were back in the hotel room and putting my daughter to sleep. So we got to catch the second half of both the Ducks game and the Bruins game. And um, eventually I went back and, and watched everything from both games, everything that I may have missed. But what a couple of days for the Rangers, uh, obviously taking down the Ducks in decisive fashion and then following it up. A little bit of a slow start in that game, but they got the job done. And then following it up with uh, just an excellent performance against the Bruins back and forth. Game, playoff-like atmosphere, a lot to like there. And, of course, Vincent Trocek coming up huge for the Rangers. As he's been doing recently, Trocek has really stepped up his game, uh, especially in the absence of, you know, a lot of different Ranger players. We had, you know, Kako and Heedle are obviously still out. Adam Fox missed a ton of time. Igor Shosturkin missed a ton of time. And I realize, you know, I'm throwing in a defenseman and a goalie there, and Trocek's obviously a four. But bottom line, when guys are missing from the lineup, you need people to step up. And Vincent Trocek has really done just that. Uh, his last nine games, three goals and eight assists for Vincent Trocek. And, of course, in this game, he scores the only two goals that the Rangers score on the night. Also had five shots on goal, uh, two hits. And this was uh, noteworthy as well. And it's something that is not uncommon at all for Vincent Trocek. But he was on the ice for 23 minutes and 17 seconds. And not only was that first among Ranger forwards, that was actually second among all Ranger skaters. The only New York Ranger that had more time on the ice than Vincent Trocek was Adam Fox. He was out there for 25-41. So Vincent Trocek just being a workhorse. And uh, like I said, typically he does lead the Ranger forwards in time on the ice. You would think maybe it would go to somebody like Mika or Panarin, maybe Kreider, but Trocek's always out there. He's always grinding such a huge part of this team. Uh, he get him, out, get him out there for the power play, the penalty kill. Obviously, he's out there with Panarin at even strength, and they work very well together. And somebody that you want on the ice at pretty much all big moments in the game, especially when you need a faceoff. And speaking of which, Trocek won 72.2% of his draws against the Bruins. And I'll admit, I did not look up the uh, faceoff stats, but I do know the Bruins are typically a very strong faceoff team. I don't know offhand if that's also the case this season, but regardless, coming up big against a really tough opponent, winning 72.2% of the faceoffs. That also included uh, the overtime faceoff win that, that uh, was obviously happened once we went to the uh, the extra time there. And there was a play stoppage 25 seconds later, but you never know how big that, that face-off win was to start the overtime period. Maybe the Bruins, if they win that face-off, they go right in and they score. You never know for sure how it can shake out. And obviously Trocek uh, winning that face-off did not allow that to happen. And 
Also wanted to just point out, you know, I, I mentioned the time on the ice and, and one more, you know, stat there to kind of um, bring everything full circle and to really emphasize how long he was really out there. Once again, 23-17 uh, for Trocek. The second most time on the ice was Artemi Panarin, and he was out there for 21 minutes and 17 seconds, so about two minutes there. And Panarin, by the way, 10 shots on goal for the Rangers in this game. Just wanted to throw that out there while we're also talking about Panarin here. Uh, Trocek also drew a penalty in the first period, uh, was taking on the entire Bruins team during a skirmish. There was a situation where the Rangers were on the power play, and play stoppage, and, you know, Trocek might have had another whack at it, and uh, the Bruins defenseman didn't like that, and they both went after him, and they're both a lot bigger than Trocek, and they're both getting in, in his face and, like, shoving him and everything, and there's Trocek, like, laughing and smiling at them while they're doing it. That's got to be frustrating, man. You know, you're trying to knock this guy around a little bit. You're trying to maybe intimidate him a little bit, and he's smiling and laughing at you while, while you're getting in his face and trying to knock him around a little bit, and that's classic Trocek right there, uh, somebody that I mean, he just seems to have a ton of fun playing hockey, and uh, certainly he can play the mental game too. He can get under under people's skin uh, quite a bit out there. But I'd also like to propose a question that I threw out there on Twitter last night. And I also want to clarify what I meant by this because I had a couple comments, you know, kind of wondering what exactly I meant. So I'll explain it right here, right now. But the question that I threw on Twitter was, or the statement rather, was that there there can't be any Ranger fans remaining that are still kind of like Vincent Trocheck holdouts, right? There can't be anybody left that watches this team night in, night out, and still does not like Vincent Trocek. Am I right about that? Is everybody on board with Vincent Trocek? The guy's just a very, very good all-around player, does not have any weaknesses in his team, in his game, rather, and does so much to help this team win on a nightly basis. But to kind of elaborate on my comment there, I wasn't trying to imply that, like, there were just legions of Ranger fans that absolutely, like, like despise Vincent Trocek from the second the Rangers signed him all the way up to current day. I don't think that's the case at all. I just think that, you know, when the Rangers first signed him, Obviously not this past offseason, but the one before that, there seemed to be a lot of like, I don't get it, you know, from a lot of Ranger fans. A lot of Ranger fans were not on board with this move when it first happened. They they saw the uh, you know, the contract length and they saw, you know, the, the years per per or the money per year rather, and they just weren't really feeling it. And and you know, there was I could understand that to a certain degree because obviously Vincent Trocek was something of an unknown. You don't know how he's going to fit in with this team. But again, the guy's always just been a really well-rounded player. So when I put that on Twitter, I wasn't trying to suggest that like, oh, Ranger fans hate this guy. No, no, no. There, there's no Ranger fan that, that's like that with Vincent Trocek. I just think there's a lot of Ranger fans that even going into this year weren't so convinced that this was a signing to make a couple off seasons ago because once the Rangers signed Trocek that off season, that was pretty much it. Any other signing they made at that point it was all just going to be patchwork. You'll be bringing in guys on like one-year contracts for six figures a year. And, um, you know, basically just kind of having them fill, you know, very small roles for the team. And maybe there were Ranger fans that wanted to see them go after a different player. Obviously, you could have re-signed Ryan Strom. You could have uh, re-signed Andrew Kopp. Those were options as well. But I think the Rangers got it right. And even looking beyond those two players, the, the other players that were available in free agency that year, um, as far as, you know, the cost is concerned and, what the Rangers need, the style of player that they needed to bring in. Vincent Trocek was the guy to go out there and get, and the Rangers made it happen. Trocek clearly wanted to be here. Uh, it was pretty well known. I, I think that uh, he was looking to you know, play in a bigger market, and he obviously got his wish. And I mean, yeah, the contract is a, a year or two longer than you might want it to be. Sure, but, you know, again, we, we've talked about this in the past, but it's been a while. 
that's kind of what you have to do. You have to sweeten the pot for these guys sometimes. You know, there's other teams, believe me, that were interested in the services of Vincent Trocek. And that being the case, the Rangers, they're trying to keep the average annual value down a little bit. And one way you can do that is say, okay, well, we'll give you a sixth year. We'll give you a seventh year to this contract. And yeah, you know what? Trocek might not be a great player in the last year of that contract, maybe the last two years, but the Rangers are fortifying themselves for the right here, right now, and trying to go win a Stanley Cup while this window is open, while they still have uh, this core group of players in place that they currently have in place. So uh, again, I thought it was a great signing. And again, he just does a fantastic job night in and night out. He's always down there in the trenches. He's always in the middle of everything one way or another is Vincent Trocek. So give him props for everything he does to help this team. And uh, without any further ado, I figure we've talked about everything with Vincent Trocek, except for the two goals that he scored. So we might as well go ahead and do that. Uh, we'll start with the game tying goal. This happened while the Rangers were on the power play in the third period. You got Adam Fox leading Mika Zibanejad up the left side. Mika leaves the puck for Trocek. Uh, Trocek heads back up the boards and then sends it into the corner, kind of near the corner to Mika Zibanejad. And then Trocek goes to the net. It's a classic give and go here. Trocek kind of circles his way toward the front of the net. Perfect pass from Mika Zibanejad. Trocek scores from the doors from the doorstep, excuse me. And uh, the Rangers were only one for six on the power play, but obviously uh, they made it count. The one that they got here, tying the game about midway through the third period, give or take. Um, just a brilliant goal, brilliant give and go kind of a situation there between Trocek and Mika Zibanejad. And then uh, we also get Trocek scoring the game winner in overtime. And you know, I mentioned how Trocek won the opening face-off to start the overtime, and then the puck went over the boards, and you get a uh, face-off in the Rangers zone. So we'll take it from there. We'll kind of go through everything that happened here because I do want to give props to all the other Rangers on this play who made it happen and allowed the Rangers to you know keep possession of the puck while all this was, was going on here. So face-off in the Rangers zone. Mika Zibanejad is out there with Fox and Truba, which makes sense. Get two defensemen on the ice uh, in a situation where you have the puck in your own zone for the face-off, and if the Bruins win it, at least you got two defensemen out there, and you're ready to defend. Um, but Mika wins the face-off, and uh, Truba goes off the ice. Kreider jumps onto the ice. Rangers cycle the puck. Uh, Kreider takes a shot wide. Mika actually played it back all the way down the ice into the Rangers zone to kind of allow them to reset. Igor moves the puck up with a pass. Rangers go back in. Fox voluntarily leaves the zone. Rangers keep possession. Uh, Lafreniere had the puck. He briefly lost it, but he, he went and got it back. Uh, more cycling by the Rangers. Then Trocek leaves the zone voluntarily. And at this point, the Bruins fans are losing their minds because the Rangers are possessing, 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 but they're not shooting. But possession is the name of the game when you're talking about three-on-three -three overtime. It's more important to hang on to possession of the puck than really anything else. It's more important, far more important than holding the offensive zone. Three versus three, you can leave the offensive zone and pretty much go right back in. It's not going to be that much of a problem. Um, so that's what you see in overtime uh, quite a bit. And I know there's been some talk about maybe changing an overtime rule where you can't take the puck out of the offensive zone. I mean, that's a different conversation for a different day. Right now, that's not a rule, so it's nothing the Rangers have to worry about. But yeah, the fans are getting mad. Uh, good for them. Trocek eventually takes it over the blue line, leaves the puck for Panarin. Panarin moves to the center of the ice to his right a little bit. And Trocek, while this is happening, he's heading deep toward the net. Panarin passes in deep to Trocek, and Trocek knocks the puck into the net, uh, gives the Rangers just a hard-earned, awesome 2-1 to -one overtime win. Yet another candidate for best win of the year for the Rangers. I'm going to have my hands full at the end of this season. We're trying to rank the top 10 uh, best Ranger wins of the entire season. We're not even halfway. We've already got, we, we could do a top 10 list right now if we felt like it. Um, we'll see. But uh, yeah, so anyway, awesome job by the Rangers here. They suck with it all night. Got to give them props too for hanging in there uh, against a goalie that clearly had his A game. You know, Jeremy Swayman, I thought was very, very good in this game. 
There was some times in this game where the Rangers were overpassing maybe a little bit. Um, and, and part of that, I think, also has to do with the fact that the opposing goalie had his A game. So, you know, a little bit of that going on for the Rangers, but they still end up with 34 shots on net. Uh, Swayman stops 32 of them, but the Rangers scored on the two that mattered. And uh, that's really all that counts. You know, again, playoff-like atmosphere against the Bruins. Uh, very low scoring, hard hitting, nasty, chippy game. And we're really just scratching the surface here. I want to turn our attention to Igor Shesterkin and then eventually get to some of the controversy in this game as well. Uh, there was quite a bit of that, uh, you know, also in this game. Uh, we will do that in just a second. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Also, see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without all those annoying hidden fees. Buy tickets in two seconds with just two taps. Once again, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you guys are definitely going to want to stick around. Obviously, we're getting back into the swing of things here with Locked On Rangers and coming off of two very impressive wins we've had in just the last couple of games. A couple of things we're not even going to talk about in today's episode. We're going to save them for uh, our next episode. Chris Kreider makes history with a couple of goals against the Ducks. That was awesome to see. Uh, he is really climbing those all-time Ranger ranks. Uh, Adam Edstrom made his NHL debut and looked good doing it, scored a goal at the end of that game. Uh, we'll also take a look at another big-time heavyweight matchup. This time, the Rangers going to be playing the Maple Leafs. That will happen on Tuesday in Toronto. So we'll get to all that fun stuff in our next episode. For right now, though, uh, I think really the most important thing that happened in this game kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, and that's Igor Shesterkin uh, turning in a vintage Igor performance. This was his be best game, excuse me, in quite some time. Uh, he wasn't under fire in this game the way that, you know, we've seen him in the past, but that's a good thing. The Rangers defended well in front of him. A lot of us, I think, have been calling for the Rangers to be better in front of Igor Shesterkin, not constantly rely on him to bail them out of every mistake that they make. And I thought the Rangers did an excellent job with that in this game. There weren't many mistakes by the Rangers, not too many turnovers, uh, not too many, you know, not too much sloppiness with the puck, you know, no errant passing. The, the passing was good in this game. The Rangers, you know, when they got possession in their own zone, they got it out of there pretty quickly. And again, just defended him very, defended around Igor very well, uh, gave Igor some good looks at the puck. But Igor looked great. You know, it's a situation where, I mean, first of all, he stopped 21 of 22 shots, so you'll take that any day. Um, but, you know, he he was very good at, you know, just squaring up pucks. It just looked like he was calm and in control out there. Uh, he was uh, kind of quiet in the crease, I felt like. There wasn't a lot of, like, you know, flailing around or anything along those lines. Uh, didn't give up too many rebounds. Did Igor Shesterkin, just a really solid goaltending performance by Igor, the kind of performance that, you know, basically we all come to expect from him. And I, I think this is a game in the right 
a step in the right direction here for Igor Shosturkin. Uh, he'll have games where, you know, his highlight tape at the end of the game will be more impressive than this one, but it was just important for him to go out there and honestly just have a game where he didn't give up a lot of goals. He only gave up the one goal. The one goal that he gave up was actually in somewhat controversial fashion. Like I said, we'll discuss that a little bit later um, in today's episode. But uh, to kind of like project what's going to happen here going forward as far as Igor Shosturkin, first of all, I think all Ranger fans can probably breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief here. Um, I wasn't really ready to hit the panic button. I know some Ranger fans were really worried about Igor Shosturkin, but I think he'll be back out there against the Maple Leafs on Tuesday. You know, the Rangers, they have another upcoming back-to-back. They play at the Leafs on Tuesday, and then they have a back-to-back at home against the Oilers and the Sabres on Friday and Saturday, respectively. So if we're kind of mapping this out between Igor and Quick, who's going to play which game, I think you go with Igor in this next one. You could make a case for Quick to get back out there. Obviously, he's been brilliant this season, but I don't think it's necessary because there is a back-to-back right after that. So Quick will get one of those two games, either against the Oilers or the Sabres. Maybe you go Igor against the Leafs. Uh, Maybe you go Igor against the Oilers, you know, a, a kind of a heavyweight matchup. Oilers haven't done so good, but obviously they have threats. And then uh, maybe Quick is out there against the Sabres. Just one idea. There's no real wrong way to do this. Obviously, the Rangers have tremendous faith and confidence in Igor Shesterkin, even though he hasn't been at the top, top of his game recently. Um, But we'll see. You know, obviously, Quick is going to get one of those games, the back-to-back. So I think you'll see Igor against the Leafs. Again, there's no real wrong way to do this right now, which is obviously uh, a luxury for the Rangers. Uh, One case that I guess you could make for Quick to be out there against the Leafs, I don't think I would do this, but it's something I'll at least throw out there is that Igor got pretty much lit up by the Leafs less than a week ago. Gave up six goals and 29 shots. The Rangers lost that game 7-3. to Now, Igor in that game obviously got very little help. That was one of the weaker games that the Rangers have played uh, really all season. Be that as it may, though, he did allow six goals. I think at least a couple of them were on him. Uh, One for sure. There was a wraparound goal that he was unable to stop. Um, But bottom line, uh, I, I do think that Igor will be back out there against the Leafs. I think he should be back out there against the Leafs. And, you know, it's funny. I do think this is the most important thing that happened in this game. It's easy for Igor's performance to get lost in the shuffle. We had, um, you know, everything that happened. We had a fight between Trent Frederick and Jacob Truba. Trent Frederick scored a controversial goal. We had Vincent Trocek's big night. We had just the overall thrill of the Rangers tying this game in the third period, then winning it in overtime. I had the pass or knock boarding situation on Lindgren. So there was a lot happening here. And again, this kind of flew under the radar. Igor Sturkin having a really nice bounce back performance. But uh, I will say this uh, an additional time here. I do think that the most important thing that happened in this game was Igor Shesterkin, uh just having a, a really strong night. And he did need a game like this. I wouldn't, like, like I'm not somebody that was about to hit the panic button that, that was like tremendously worried about Igor Shesterkin. As, as far as like, things that make me nervous about this team and things that look like they could be, you know, cracks in the armor or things that could be red flags, especially come playoff time. Igor's pretty low as far as like my biggest concerns about this team, but he, he needed a game like this. You don't want this to just keep snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. He goes out there against the Bruins and gets lit up and the Rangers lose five to one. Uh, That wouldn't be any good for anybody. And the fact that he did it on the road, tough place to play, tough opponent, you know, one of the other, you know, top tier teams in this league, just great stuff for Igor Shosturkin. And, you know, if the Rangers had lost this game one to nothing, it would still be a step in the right direction for Igor. But knowing him, he would probably beat himself up for that one goal that he allowed. Uh, the fact that the Rangers came back and, and won this game, I think it's just awesome for Igor Shosturkin. I think he can, you know, really hold his head, really hold his head high after this one and just feel good about where his game is, um, you know, heading forward. Because like I said, it's, 
He's not somebody that gives me too many concerns as a Ranger fan. And I really do feel, and we're going to find out for sure when the Rangers play the Maple Leafs, if he's back out there. But I really feel like when you've got a goalie, the caliber of Igor Shesterkin, sometimes this is all it takes. One big, strong, good performance against a good team, and you're right back on track. And it's like that slump never even happened. Now, we'll see. It could go either way. We don't know how it's going to play out the next time Igor's in the crease. But again, a big-time step in the right direction for Igor Shesterkin. And uh, they needed every single one of those saves that he made uh, for them to be able to complete their comeback. If the Bruins had gone up 2-0 in this game, would have been tough. Not impossible, but it would have been tough. Bruins defend well. Jeremy Swayman was on his game. So the fact that Igor kept them in the game and ultimately won the game for the Rangers, uh, just great stuff for Igor and for this team going forward. Uh, in just a second, we're going to shift our attention to the hit by David Pasternak on Ryan Lindgren and some other controversial moments from this game, as well as some fisticuffs. Uh, we'll get to all that stuff in just a second. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. And I've talked about this in the past, but... I've got a good friend of mine, big New York Giants fan. Sure, we got some Giants fans listening to this as well. His thing for years is he always bets against the Giants because he just doesn't have a lot of faith in them for, for some reason or another. I mean, he's seen two, you know, Super Bowls fairly recently when, when you really think about it. But he bets against them because he either wins his bet or his team wins its game. That's just his strategy, just an idea to throw at you guys right now. Uh, but once again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel the official partner of the NFL. Also, just want to take a second to let you guys know that, that Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. So there was a fair amount of uh, controversy and, you know, fisticuffs in this game. We're going to talk about all that right now. Um, we could start with uh, the Trent Frederick goal. This was, you know, the subject of some debate if this goal should have stood or not. Uh, basically, Frederick goes harder than that. The puck is played on net by, I believe it was Van Riemsdyk, and Frederick is able to knock the puck into the twine. There may have been some contact between uh, Frederick and Igor before Frederick was able to, uh, you know, score there from the doorstep. And something that uh, they brought up on the on the broadcast, Steve Valiquette was talking about this a little bit. Um, it, it kind of uh, harkened back to a couple of years ago, Henrik Lundqvist night at the Garden Rangers down 3-2 against the Minnesota Wild. And there's a scramble in front of the net. Ryan Strom is there. He's trying to put the puck home. And he's able to do so, but not before pushing the goalie's pads into the net. And so the goal was immediately waved off when Strom scored. And then they reviewed it, and the call stood. And unfortunately, the Rangers lost that game. Um, there's some similarities here. Honestly, I mean, I, I watched this play, and I've looked at it a couple times. I don't know that this is the kind of goal that should have been overturned and not counted. Um, I mean, I guess there was some contact there, but... 
there's so much gray area. And to me, this is just a hockey play. It's kind of the same thing that I said all those years ago. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I guess it was only two years ago. But it was kind of the same deal as when Ryan Strom scored. To me, I mean, we're playing hockey here. You know, sometimes there's a little bit of contact. To me, I didn't have any real issue with this goal standing, especially because it was ruled a goal on the ice. So to take a look at that and say no goal, I don't know. I, I mean, there's so much gray area with all these calls anymore that I, I just don't even trust my own instincts when it comes to this stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it, it stood. Bruins are up one nothing. That lead lasted a while, but obviously the Rangers eventually came back. Uh, we also had a fight between Jacob Truba and the aforementioned Trent Frederick. And this pretty clearly stems back to what happened earlier in the season. Truba and Frederick were, when they played earlier this year, they were kind of tangled up after a play. And Truba caught Frederick in the side of the head with a high stick. And Truba was subsequently fined for that. And you know, this wasn't really much of a fight. I think each guy landed one punch. And then Frederick kind of fell on top of Truba. Uh, Truba, after the game, mostly shrugged it off and, and just kind of said, like, you know, he understands it because of what happened earlier in the year. And he said that he had to answer the bell at that situation in the game. Uh, he did. And like I said, I mean, I, I would call this a draw because not really a whole heck of a lot happened. I mean, you always have that visual of like, like you always want your player when they fall to the ice, you always want your player to kind of like land on top of the other guy. Cause it just kind of looks like he had the last word, but does it really matter? Not really. I mean, they fell to the ice and, and that was pretty much the end of it. Um, so then the big one, the one that I've kind of built up to here, the boarding penalty on Pasternak against Lindgren. So I want to take this right from the, the very top of this, because I didn't really see a whole lot of people talking about this on social media, but Lindgren has kind of been a marked man from the, for, by the Bruins for, for quite some time. I had that situation a couple of years ago where, you know, during a play stoppage, Brad Marchand just, you know, viciously cross checks Lindgren in the back. And then Pavel Bushnevich, our old friend, he even more viciously cross checks Brad Marchand in the back. So that was awesome. I'll never miss a moment to uh, reminisce about, you know, Pavel Bushnevich uh, getting Marchand there and having his teammates back. So that happened. There was also last year a situation where Lindgren put Pasternak into the boards really hard, really clean, kind of in the corner. And then a couple of seconds after this, Pasternak gets back up and he goes after Lindgren. I went back and watched this play. And granted, it was not as vicious of a retaliatory hit by Pasternak as I remembered it being. Um, Lindgren had the puck. But he'd gotten, he had gotten rid of the puck. You know, it, it had been away from him for a couple of seconds. And Pasternak, with Lindgren not seeing him, goes kind of like shoulder to shoulder into him. Open ice hit, uh, knocks him out of the ice, and gets called for a penalty for that. And that's fine. I, I don't think it should have been anything more than a two-minute uh, minor looking back on that play. But that all leads to this game. And there's a situation in this game where Pasternak is driving hard to the net. Uh, Ryan Lindgren is there. He's trying to defend. And Lindgren is able to prevent Pasternak from getting a, a decent shot away. And Pasternak is just livid. He's yelling at the refs on the ice. He gets back to the bench. He's still yelling at the refs. Um, you know, just uh, whining quite a bit about this was David Pasternak. And I don't know if this kind of like, you know, festered inside Pasternak. But that all leads to what I consider to be a pretty dirty hit by Pasternak later in this game. you got Lindgren chasing a puck into the corner. Pasternak charges him from quite some distance away, and he drives Lindgren face first into the glass. I know there were some people on social media, probably Bruins fans, and that's okay, but they, they were trying to defend Pasternak for, for what he did here and saying that he tried to get him, you know, shoulder to shoulder, tried to hit him from the side. Somebody posted a tweet. They, they had the video, and they said something like, if Lindgren had just turned 45 degrees, this would have been a clean hit. So uh, according to that fan, it, this is on Lindgren, okay? Lindgren should have turned 45 degrees, the exact perfect angle, so that Pasternak could have hit him from the side, and Lindgren could have saved Pasternak from 
hitting him with a dirty hit. That That's according to just one Bruins fan. Just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, I mean, this one to me looks pretty cut and dry. Even the Bruins announcers, because I watched the replay of this in both feeds, they were trying to make it sound like, oh, you know, he was trying to get him from the side. I don't think he was. Palliser not charged Lindgren from a pretty good distance away. And there was never really a moment here where Lindgren was like in a, in a position where the hit would have been side to side. Lindgren pretty much had his back pointed straight at Pasternak the entire time that Pasternak was charging him. He never eased off. He never let up. And he drove Lindgren face first into the boards. And then he tries to play it off. Like, oh, he threw his arms up. Pasternak did like, oh, nothing I could do there. And um, I don't know. To, to me, this was not a good hit at all. I'll be curious to see if he hears from the league. But in the aftermath of this whole thing, you've got Panarin going after Pasternak. And then we get a get-together, you know, every player on both sides coming together, you know, tussling, shoving, and all that good stuff. Uh, and then that's when Pasternak, and nobody really pointed this out either, but when the temperature rose here and all the Rangers and Bruins came together, Bruins have five skaters on the ice. The Rangers basically have four because Lindgren's down on the ice and he's he's hurt and he's being uh, treated by the trainer. So there's four Rangers skaters, there's five Bruins skaters, and everybody kind of gets a dance partner and starts tussling with them. Well, who's the one Bruin that was far, far away from this while it was happening? Who's the one Bruin that was hanging out with the linesman while all this was going down? That would be David Pasternak. So he does the, the dirty hit, and then he skips away from all the danger and lets his teammates fight his, fight his battles for him. That's what Pasternak did after this hit to Ryan Lindgren. Uh, this was immediately called a five-minute major on Pasternak. They reviewed it. The call stood five-minute major indeed, and Pasternak is gone with a game misconduct. And I don't think this is a bad call at all. I mean, it, it was a dirty hit from behind from a long distance away. You know, Pasternak charged him and put him face first into the boards. Lingerin was bleeding. I mean, I, I think this is suspension worthy. I'm not going to go crazy. There are people, who was it that was calling for Jacob Trouba to have like a, I think like a 40-game suspension after, after he caught Frederick with his stick. Uh, I'm not going to go that far, but I, a game or two, I, I think that the punishment would fit the crime if Pasternak got a game for this. Uh, it's a dirty hit. You know, I, I don't know how else to say it, but uh, that's pretty much it. The only other thing I want to mention is that the Bruins before this game were honoring, you know, players from the past, and Mike Milbury was one of them, and he's out there with, his shoe, with holding a shoe. Like, okay, so this is in reference to something that happened between the Bruins and the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. And this, you know, years and years ago, this is in the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. But basically, game ends. There's like a big get-together between the Rangers and Bruins. Something happens with the fans. Next thing you know, Bruins players are in the stands uh, fighting a bunch of Ranger fans at Madison Square Garden. Uh, a different player on the Bruins kind of wrestles a Ranger fan down to, you know, kind of like on the on top of the chairs there. And Mike Milbury goes over, takes off the fan's shoe, and starts hitting him in the head with it. So a lot, lot, of, lot of guts by Milbury there, you know, taking a, taking a guy's shoe and hitting him in the head when he's completely defenseless. A lot of guts there. Um, and just how, how sad is this? Imagine being 71 years old and trying to relive your glory days by bringing a shoe onto the ice to celebrate the time that you took off the, 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 the shoe of a fan and started whacking him in the head with it. That's just, it, it's pathetic. Like, it's just sad that Mike Milbury would uh, have to do that. Um, and apparently the TD Garden actually played that clip later in the game. Like, who remembers the malice at the Palace, right? That whole thing between the Pistons and the uh, the Pacers years ago. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, so you have to bear with me for a second. But basically, uh, Riot was inside there when a Detroit fan threw a drink onto Run Our Test. Bunch of Pacers players run into the stands and start punching all the all the fans. Imagine, like, I mean, we're coming up with the 20-year anniversary of that. So imagine, like, the Pacers decide to 
honor all those players next season and bring them all onto the court. Maybe Ron Artest is out there uh, holding like a soda in his hand to commemorate the drink that was thrown at him. I mean, it's just, it's just sad that, that they, they hold this in such high regard. Like, yeah, man, we went into the stands and we attacked a bunch of fans. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff all around. So we're celebrating violence against fans in Boston. That's just fantastic. Anyway, Rant over. Um, yeah, happy the Rangers won this game. When you uh, see everything that happened this game between, you know, I mean, the, the Frederick Truba fight, that that's fine. That That's a fair play by, by Frederick to want to fight the guy that got him with a stick earlier in the season. I get that. Um, but then you have, you know, that dirty hit by Pasternak, and you got the Rangers coming back in this game and ultimately winning it. Uh, just an awesome win, very satisfying win if you're a Ranger fan. And I figure we can pretty much call it there. Once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.